Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Shadows. I'm Stuart Best. Where the paranormal is normal. Where that which you thought you knew, you didn't. And where the future can be known, if you know exactly where to look. Well, good evening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to have a special show tonight. We've got uh, John Vandemeter on and... uh, uh, we've got Larry on. How you doing, John? Doing good. How are you guys? Good. And Larry, are you on? I'm here. Uh, where do we want to start? Maybe, uh, John, tell us about your new book. Oh, okay. Well, um, it's with the publisher now. I'm looking for a... Uh, I think we're looking at June 6th as a uh, release date for it. It's called Shadow Chasers, and it's uh, basically picking up just before the everything that happened in the first book of Relics. But this is a youth series, you know, for like fifth uh, graders to maybe freshmen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's everything like, you know, it's toned down where, you know, it's more presentable for a younger audience. And mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be running that series along with the Relic series and then the uh, series I'm opening up after the Relic 3 comes out in August. So busy times. What's it going to be about, basically? Well, um, actually, it's going to, you know, it's going to work, um, just tell stories about, basically, it's uh, it's kind of Relic toned down for kids. Um the first one's going to be a Sasquatch story, and the kids are living in Tallahina and mm-hmm. uh, have a little Sasquatch adventure. Um, the second one's going to – I'm going to go to UFOs, and then I'm probably just going to cover the usual supernatural uh, subjects and um, just make it kind of you know fun for kids to read and give them a, uh, another direction to look, you know, um, it's like uh, the relics books and stuff. It's going to be more towards a uh, biblical aspect, you know, of the supernatural and, um, you know, looking back on things like from the Old Testament and stuff like that for explanations. But, um, again, it's, uh, I guess you could call it relics light, <laughs> for lack of a better okay. term. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. And kids, I think they're coming around a little bit more now than they were. And anyway, uh, folks, do you have a website, John? Yes, I do. It's uh, relicsbook.com, www.relics, 
with an S, book, singular, dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's uh, how, how popular, I know you said you've uh, sold quite a few of them, so uh, is it still well, compared gaining to what ground? I selling, I, I, yeah, um, done good. You know, it's like anything else. You have your good months and your bad months, so uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, you learn lessons doing this stuff. Uh, I found out, you know, if, if you ignore the marketing, for for a week or two, you get a black eye. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's doing pretty good, but it's up and down like anything else, you know. But uh, yeah. yeah, I had a, a straight away from the marketing a little bit lately, and uh, my publisher was kind enough to remind me of what I needed to do. So, <laughs> hoping it picks up now. And of course, you know, it does help. Like um, when I'm on your show, I always get a little spike in sales and. You know, anytime I do any podcast, I usually get a little spike in sales, so that's always nice. But, um, yeah, we're not a household name yet, but working at it. <laughs> well, yeah, you're going to be getting there. Folks, if you're new to the show, uh, John Van Deventer is a uh, author, and he's issued two books on called Relics, and uh, very fascinating studies and stories, I guess one could say. And it's in the paranormal realm, and the paranormal is uh, more normal than most people think. Uh, in fact, why it ends in normal? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. The Bible, folks, is the most paranormal book ever given to humanity. It comes from an outside source, from outside the, the matrix, and it talks about all these different things. And uh, people just don't realize it. I think they write it off as some sort of religious book. In reality, it is a very paranormal book. And it did, in fact, come in from outside the matrix. And people say, well, you know, uh, how about the Old Testament prophets? Well, the message was given to them outside the matrix. That's uh, the way it is. And uh, everything that the Bible said prophetically is coming true now and falling down around our ears. And I find it very fascinating that most people, as the prophecies are being 100% fulfilled, are in fact running away from it. I don't know if they're scared, if all of this scares them. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, according to the scriptures. And uh, anyway, it's very fascinating stuff. Um, Larry, you had an incident. Do you want to explain? Because this is right down, John, in my (laughs) interest, and I think everybody else's. And I would remind people that when you hear what Larry says, that we have absolute video of creatures very similar being videotaped I've seen two which is very strange sitting on top of church steeples as though making a statement about their superiority over the Christian churches I'll just stop there anyway Larry you wanna wanna and I'm sure John knows about it and we need to get into a conversation about this because that's going to be seen more and more now well it's it's really interesting 
uh, as a matter of fact, oddly enough, I got uh, the Bishnick today in the mail, and if you don't know what that is, it's the Choctaw Nation uh, newspaper. It's called the Bishnick, and uh, on one of the pages, there's basically a, a part two of a series of articles, and part two takes this <laughs> this whole scenario, and, and I know John probably hadn't seen it yet, but it's on, it's in the the new Bishnick issue. It's uh, talking about a, a dead center of Honubi, Oklahoma, and the, the paranormal events that surround this area. It actually, uh, in this article, it started, uh, I guess, last month with Broken Bow. I didn't read that one, but this one caught my eye because it starts uh, from Broken Bow. Part 2 starts in Honubi in that area and really goes into the, uh, matter of fact, it kind of promotes the upcoming Bigfoot conference that they have there that they say draws about 5,000 people and people around the world. But uh, if you will, it, it talks about the Bigfoot sightings and, and all of this around Honubi. And then, oddly enough, it slings you in the article to Hebner, Oklahoma, and the runestone, which is really, really odd. Uh, before hmm. I get my my information here. What do you think, John? Have you seen that? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it yet, but um, it is odd considering uh, it's the location of the third book I'm working on right now, or the third Relics book, anyway. So, yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like the hits keep coming, and um, it's almost like uh, sometimes I think I, I was – I'm being steered to write these things, so now that you said that, it just it's, 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 there's been so many coincidences, um, Larry. I think you're aware of it. It can't be a coincidence. Yeah, and and I'll save I'll save that article for you. I, I've got the the paper, uh, but anyway, I wanted to mention something, and you know, I've had people say to me, and Stuart, I think you even said it on shows and other things. There's a lot of paranormal activity rooted around Oklahoma. There's, It's so much reports of different types of activity. It's not just specific. It's not even just Bigfoot. There's more. Mm-hmm. There's just reports everywhere. And I've even noticed lately, uh, and I know uh, probably John has too, and you have, uh, the sightings of Bigfoot is even up to some degree. There's a lot of reports coming in. But I wanted to give this report. Um uh, and, and oddly enough, uh, I'll preface this and say a little more than I would say for this, the event itself, uh, because I do take prayer walks. And I and I guess you could say if anybody's a renegade uh, minister of any type, that's me. You know, I, I do the strangest things. I walk in the funniest places. It's just bizarre. As a matter of fact, I actually do not have to go out and search for any kind of adventure they usually find me, or I stumble right in the middle of them. So, with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, a couple of a few days ago, I was in a dollar store, and and you know I'm not going to ask anybody to believe what I'm saying. Okay, it, it sounds pretty far fetched even to me, but if it hadn't happened to me, I I wouldn't have caught on to it so much. But I was in a dollar store, and I was walking down the aisle. I was going to go check. Uh, uh, for some uh, pens, uh, I had some more writing and stuff to do, and to get some paper, 
And I was headed over that way, and I wound up walking down the uh, – or strolling down the, the – I guess you could say the uh, children's area. And I, I, I bumped into a, a bunch of, of new dinosaurs they had up. And, and, of course, all of this stuff I'm sure comes – it's dollar store, so I'm sure it comes from China – but oddly enough, all kind of dinosaurs were there, and I, it caught my eye, and, and I started to walk away, and then I looked back, and I thought, that's just a lot of dinosaur stuff. And it even had some backgrounds. I can't remember what uh, company it was. It was one of the bigger companies. might have been Mattel. Um, but they even had, you know, a, a big dinosaur head and, and a bunch of uh, parts of a dinosaur landscape that you take out of the head of this skull of this dinosaur and lay out. And, you know, as a kid, I was always intrigued by anything like that. Fort Apache, I had one of those. So Mm -hmm. things like that intrigued me. And, of course, I'm a little old to do that now. But um, (laughs) when I stood there and I was looking at that, it caught my eye. And at first I wasn't sure I was hearing right because I thought I heard the words said to me, they are coming back. And I kind of did a double take, and I looked up and down the aisle. wasn't nobody there, and I said, okay. <laughs> and so I, I heard it again. The dinosaurs are coming back. And so, okay, I went ahead and got my shopping done, went and got in the truck, and felt better about being away from everybody else. But oddly enough, I got in my truck, you know, and, and headed home and did a couple of prayer walks. Never heard anything else, but that really struck me. And... Uh, so on April the 27th, which was two days ago, about 2 p.m., I was driving from Tallahena, and uh, John knows where when you move, you're going from Tallahena towards the uh, Honubby turnoff, you start kind of down a slow cycle hill towards this turnoff to Honubby. And as I just began to go down the hill, you know, I'm not really going very fast. It just something caught my attention out of my left eye. I, I just noticed quick movement, really quick movement. And since I've been a cop, I've, I've drove in cars, police cars, sheriff's cars for years. And let me tell you, if, if my ear goes to a radio that starts talking or my eyes go to any movement because, I've, you know, after almost 40 years of doing that kind of thing, uh, you develop that skill that you notice movement even when other people probably wouldn't ever even blink. Mm-hmm. But I noticed mm-hmm. quick mo- quick movement on my left, and I turned my head left real quick, and out of my left eye I saw something standing on the ground, and I'm talking about really quick. It's like two seconds probably, one, two. Okay, I saw it, and it was uh, on the ground. I saw the feet, the talon feet. I saw uh, heavy leathery-like wings, and and up towards a type of a bird head. And the best thing I can say, it, it looked like the the pterodactyl that you see in these uh, books where people draw pterodactyls. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and and when I looked at it, you know, I turned my head and looked. One, two. It had jumped up. It is just like it lifted off the ground. It went up about 60 or maybe 100 feet, and it, and this was what's odd. This day, if you go back and look at the weather on April the 27th, the, the sky was clear before we got a bunch of clouds in the last day, 24, 36 hours. But mm-hmm. this was clear. But when it moved upwards, it's like it folded into some type of mist. It looked like a mist to me. And it vanished. 
It was gone. I'm talking like one, two, and it was gone. And the only reason I know is because I saw it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, even though I had an iPhone, there was no way. But oddly enough, you know, I wanted to share that. And uh, when I, I share that, and, and my last comment, I made a note. I didn't even read this from my notes. I just told it from memory. But uh, it looked like a pterodactyl creature in the quick observation I had, and it went upward in a blur and vanished like into a tear in a veil or something. I, you know, I'm just guessing. I don't know where it went. But I do know I saw it. But oddly enough, after that, and, and a matter of fact, let me read you something in Isaiah, but I wanted to see if you or John wanted to comment on that first. Which, well, am, which way did yeah. it? Go ahead. John. Which way did it fly towards, um, Larry? What direction? It went straight up. It went straight up off the ground, about sixty to a hundred feet, and folded into that mist and was gone. Well, you know that. Uh, well, that gives me good reason to start looking for a fifty caliber rifle. <laughs> 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 you know, funny thing um, that. That same kind of thing happened to me. I know I told you the story of the of the UFO encounter I had um, in early September 2017 before I moved up here. And uh, I had some kind of winged thing, too. Um, when the UFO zipped off, I, I looked back, and I saw this winged in- entity, and it kind of disappeared into a fog, too. So I thought that was pretty interesting when he said that. And And the thing was... It was a clear blue sky, too. You know, it was just before dusk. There were no clouds for it to disappear into, but it just kind of went into a mist, and it was gone. So, yeah, that's uh, – I can, I can uh, relate to what you're saying. Yeah, amazing, uh, amazing things. But the veil is thinning. I remember when I interviewed Red Elk, he told me that uh, people were going to start seeing – all kinds of prehistoric, basically, creatures that the old uh, dinosaurs would return, like Larry was was telling. Uh, that is part of Native American prophecy, Hopi prophecy, that the old creatures would begin to return. Now, the only way I think you can really understand this is kind of like it's a time jump. And if if you would think of time as a ribbon, just think of a ribbon, and you can fold the ribbon over upon itself. And that would be the, the merging of the veils where one time zone interferes with another time zone. And you begin to see these things. And, of course, we do not understand what time is. We don't understand what uh, space is. Uh, we think we understand a little bit that uh, gravity and electromagnetic forces can bend time. You probably remember, John and Larry, uh, uh, what was the name of that show in England? Uh, he'd go into a phone booth. Uh, Dr. Oh, Dr. Who. Yes, Doctor Who, and he'd go into a phone booth, and once he got in there, it was huge. Uh, There was a story that came out of Area 51. I think it was Bob Lazar that spoke about that, that uh, when you got inside this little UFO, it was literally huge. 
Well, in order to do that, you have to bend space in some way or stretch space out. So, yeah, it's all fascinating. But with these uh, pterodactyl-type sightings, Mothman sightings, and all of that, um, we're entering into a very paranormal area where I believe paranormal is going to be absolutely normal. And our normal daily existence is going to change so much, it's going to frighten people after death when they have an encounter like that. And uh, uh, I think in some cases it's very, very dangerous. We have a lady up here in Wisconsin who's, I think she's written about five different books on basically um, dog man, wolf man. Only these creatures are huge. They're not like seven foot. They're more like eight to ten feet tall. Huge, muscular creatures that walk on. They look like a wolf, but it's walking on uh, only the two legs. Have, have you had any of those kind of encounters, uh, or have you heard of such encounters, John, in your research? No. Um, well, I have heard of uh uh, Dinosaur-type creatures being spotted in Africa. I've run across stories like that. But um, now there is something, and I'm uh, just starting to research it. Uh, there's things called reptilians, and supposedly they're, you know, they have something to do with UFOs or some kind of. Uh, some people call them an alien or something, you know, from another planet. But I have to kind of put them down as some kind of. Uh, you know, I, as a uh, something God created, you know, possibly some heavenly being. I mean, um, you know, <laughs> the first words out of an angel's mouth when you read the Bible, the first thing they said to people when they appeared was, fear not or don't be afraid. Um, you know, I don't know that um, the appearance of an angel is something, you know, the normal person's heart could take. I don't know if, uh, and I'm not saying these things are angels by any means, but I'm just saying the things that are out there and the beings that have um, been created, you know, they could they could look like anything. So, uh, but as far as dinosaurs, no. Larry, um, he called me about his sighting, and I do know that lately I've seen quite a few pictures and things on social media of pterodactyls, just like he described that people have caught on camera and stuff. So I don't doubt him at all. I wouldn't doubt him anyway. But I haven't, um, other than Larry, I haven't talked to anybody that's had an encounter like that. Yeah, I had a friend of mine that we knew for a long time. He followed our ministry. And uh, he was a farmer up in Minnesota. And he called one day and said he had just seen two he described them more like the Native American Thunderbird. Uh, the Thunderbird is a huge eagle-like creature, only it has like a 25 to 30-foot wingspan on it. And he saw two of them fly over his farm, and especially right over the silos, and that's how he could tell how wide the wingspan is, because he knew how wide his silos were. 
And uh, he said it was just an amazing sight. They were just floating along. And there was a story, I believe, that came out of somewhere around Illinois where a young person was out, I know a kid like two, three years old, toddler type, was out in his backyard with his brother. And this gigantic bird flew in and picked him up. And if it hadn't been for his brother, probably would have taken him away for food. Do you remember that, Larry? There was a story, what, two, three, four years ago, I think. I remember, yeah. You know, I imagine most people wrote it off, but they shouldn't have. Yeah, go ahead, John. Larry, you know where Cucumber Creek is, don't you, on 259? I do. Um, Like north of Octavia and Smithville? Oh, I'm familiar, yes. Yeah, well... We know a lady here that lives in Honubi, and um, her father used to hunt down there, and, and she said he quit hunting because he kept coming across tracks that that he called, he said, looked like dinosaur tracks, just these amazingly large, you know, three-toed, you know, almost like an oversized bird or something, but, you know, the, the footprints were just amazingly large. And he actually quit hunting because he kept coming across tracks along the creek there on Cucumber Creek. So uh, as far as I know, he never claimed to have seen whatever made the tracks, but the tracks were convincing enough for him. Wow. What's what's interesting, yeah, I was just going to say, let me read this, uh, something I looked up after... Uh, you know, and I, I told you about this, Stuart, and, and I told you I was going to check out a verse in Isaiah. And I did mm-hmm. some research on a verse in Isaiah, and uh, it's Isaiah 26:14. And now the, the strange thing about this verse, it depends on what Bible you're reading on how they render the wording on this. And oddly enough, you know, uh, and I'm just going to run it by you real quick here. Uh, Isaiah twenty six fourteen, and the, the closest rendition I could find that basically indicated what you and I had heard years ago about a prayer that, uh, you know, the giants would not live again or come again. But mm-hmm. anyway, in the, in the Dewey Reams Bible, this is, this is how the wording is. And it's almost like a prayer. It, it, it's, you know, some of the wording in Isaiah twenty six fourteen appear to be like the Psalms, like uh, the mm-hmm. wording is where God had removed them and blessed mankind. But this is kind of a different rendition, and it sounds like almost a prayer. It says, let not the dead live. Let not the giants rise again. Therefore, has visited and destroyed them, and has destroyed all of their memory. Now that comes out of the Dewey Reams Bible, and it's from the it's basics from the Hebrew. The Hebrew of this wording, though, uh, Isaiah twenty six fourteen, and is it, these are the terminologies that's in it uh, involving the strong lexicon. It mm-hmm. says the dead will not the dead will not live, the departed spirits will not rise. Therefore, you have punished and destroyed them. You have wiped out all memory of them, and so looking at Isaiah twenty six fourteen, it you know, and you and I've talked about the fact that uh, 
we know all the, we know prophecies that seem to indicate similar things of creatures coming and and mm-hmm. different people augusto for one has had visions of uh creatures coming through the veil into our space time and you know all of this stuff i i got to you know and this made me wonder and I, i'm not asking you guys to answer this question but it's kind of an interesting question and and i don't know that we can really pinpoint it but on the words, when you're talking about giants now, generally, when you're talking about the giants, biblically-wise, you're talking about the Nephilim, the Nephilim. And yes. so, with that being said, would not, this is my question, because I got to thinking about after this experience and after looking at the dinosaurs in the dollar store, which were toys, I got to thinking, it, I was beginning to wonder if, and this is a big if because we don't know really when the, uh, you know, the Luciferian Wars were. You know, they're still ongoing. But, I mean, there was a big lot of fighting at one time where planets were pulverized. And yeah, we know that's, that's right. true. And, and with the knowledge of that, I wondered if the creeping and crawling things that God originally put on the surface of the planet, maybe, just maybe, None of them were the dinosaurs, and the dinosaurs possibly would be a creation by genetics or, or manipulation by the fallen angels uh, to corrupt the good things on the planet. And because it, it's interesting the fact that uh, there appears to be, and I don't remember anywhere in, in, you know, in the creation there that he was creating reptilians, do you? Well, you do have the uh, comment that the uh, great serpent, which would be a reptilian type, deceive us the whole earth, that old serpent called Satan. If you go into Linda Moulton Howe and her research, she has uh, interviewed a number of military that have run into these uh, walking, uh, upright reptilian types. In fact, Uh, David Icke interviewed, I can't think of the guy's name. He was um, an elder. I think it's in either, I think it's probably in Africa. And uh, he went over and interviewed him. And in their legends, this elder said, which he firmly believed to be true, that reptilians literally... These are standing reptilians. In fact, I had a, uh, a lady who was an expert modeler uh, do a um, papier-mâché model of what he described. They're an upright reptilian. They have a tail. Uh, he said uh, that they wore crowns, and they were the rulers. He said they were basically very benevolent rulers, But nevertheless, they were rulers. I think people forget that Revelation talks about uh, back in the, you know, you go to uh, Revelation and it talks about the great serpent who deceiveth the whole earth. And uh, then you go into Genesis and what was it? Again, that old serpent. And... uh, so there's a lot more to that than uh, than we realize. And uh, I've always thought that really what's going on is Satan wants his planet back. 
I think he feels cheated when God took away. His, that was the great war you were speaking of, uh, where Satan's home planet was destroyed, and that's our asteroid belt now. And uh, there are those who have really examined the surface of Mars, and on one side it's filled with craters and <laughs> all kinds of weird pockmarks, so to speak, where it's on the other side, there's hardly anything volcanic and stuff like that. There is a giant rift, but the point being was Mars at one time a satellite of Satan's home planet. And I know that sounds bizarre to probably most people listening, but if you really research it, uh, Satan had a home planet, and the Bible talks about it in Ezekiel, and how God destroyed it. He became a trafficker. He became very arrogant and very proud, but by all indications, he was serpentine. He was he was serpent. He was a serpent type of creature, a reptilian. And that folklore, if you want to call it that goes all the way through all the nations of the world. So there's got to be something to it. And most people have an innate hatred for snakes. Why, why is that? What is there about snakes that you don't cuddle? And most people would not bring them into their home. Or, or have much to do with them. In fact, most people kill them when they see them. Why is that? You have to ask those kind of questions. There's got to be some innate knowledge, be it DNA knowledge, uh, subconscious knowledge, that there is something about the snake uh, that is uh, not good for humanity. Anyway, we could go on and on about that. But I did find something, uh, Larry, about the land. This comes from the Book of the Colburn. And this is interesting, John. I want your comments on it. Uh, this comes from what they call CRT 414, the land of little people, it talks about. Then it talks about land of the giants. And then it talks about land of the necklace ones. What do you make of that, guys? Are these little people what are still around? I mean, they had a video on YouTube. It looked real, but it was a little leprechaun. He was dressed up. He had a little suitcase with him, and they videotaped him. And I don't think that was made up. I think that was very real. Uh, and then he just vanished. But, you know, who knows? You can make up anything you want. But we do have all these legends of the little people. Talk about Bigfoot. Now we have little people. <laughs> what kind of a land are we living in? <laughs> well, what, what's interesting is the fact that, you know, uh, I had correspondence off and on with Patrick Heron. You know, he was from Ireland, if you remember Patrick. And yes. Years years ago, he he passed away now, but uh, and he would talk about a little bit, uh, a little people and uh, Ireland having 
connections with little people, or I guess you could say small leprechauns, or there's a lot of uh, legends about fairies. And and oddly enough, uh, Steve Quayle has a section, I think, in one of his books, and he's also got a section on his website dealing with those uh, those terms that, that he says they're real stuff, you know? Yeah, what do you think, John? You've been kind of investigating all this weird stuff. What's your take? John? Huh. Did we lose John? May have. Yeah, he's vanished. Well, let's see if he'll call back. I can try to get him. Well, go ahead, Larry, and uh, talk about something else while I'm working on this. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it, but it is interesting that uh, there's also a lot of movies that have dovetailed small creatures, uh, leprechauns, fairies. I mean, you can go on and on and on about a lot of movies that's been generated over the years. And, and as you said, I, I don't know if there's many of them on the YouTube now, but YouTube at one time had a lot of this kind of stuff and and. People actually claimed video that, that it was real, but, you know, it's hard to vet that kind of stuff because you don't know the exact source. But there is a uh, there is a lot of, or actually almost a library of that type of material around the world. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's too much literature. Did you get him back? I'll try and dial him up. I don't know what happened, but he got cut off. So we'll try and get him back. Sorry, folks, for this uh, little delay. That happens, though, when you're talking about things that certain powers that be don't want to talk about. And uh, this is probably one of them. So we'll see if we can get him back. Yes, I'm here. Okay, you're there now. Good. <laughs> well, I was there when you were talking, but <laughs> I I'm, well, I uh, I swapped hands with my phone, and I think I hung up on you, and I called right back and thought I'd get back in the queue, but I didn't. So uh, that was on me. Sorry. But anyway, no I've been problem. listening. Yeah. And you were asking about the little people, and I have heard stories of them here. Um, I don't oh, hear them really? often. Yeah. But um. You know, I hear these stories about that you'll see little lights in the mountains at night, and um, they say it's the little people and it's their lanterns. So I don't know. Now, I did see some weird-acting lights in the mountains one night about a year ago, um, November before the last one, and I thought it was hunters on ATVs. I was up early in the morning and uh, could see these lights moving along the mountains to my south, and I said, well, it's, it's deer hunters. But then the lights went straight down a couple hundred feet down the mountain and started moving again laterally and then went right back up to where they had been before. And I was like, well, those aren't ATVs and those aren't hunters. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't see the people, know. just the lights. <laughs> no, you don't. You know. And now we, you know, Steve Quayle wrote a huge book, an excellent book. I would advise everybody to go buy it if you're interested in this sort of thing, The Land of the Giants. He's, the biggest one I think he found is like 36 feet 
tall. Uh, we have pictures from uh, somebody released them from Russia, and I got a hold of all of them. And some of them do show uh, huge giants. And the government comes along almost right away and snatches them away. And they do not want any of this stuff out. But uh, the Bible did speak about giants walking on the earth. And uh, people just don't... Both old and New Testaments. Yes. It's, yes. Uh, it's there. Yeah, go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say, yes, they're, they're both in the old book and the new book. So you got to be something to it. Um, 32 feet, that that is a massive thing there. That is as one big boy. Yeah. You know. And if he has his apron on and he's got <laughs> a, a knife and a fork in his hand and he's looking at you, you better, you better run. <laughs> anyway, there's another one found in the, in the Book of the Colburn, the necklace ones. What do you guys think of that? What are the necklace ones? They don't have a neck. Right. I I don't know. Um, I've known some Sasquatch have been described as not having a neck. Really? Well, that's interesting, Larry. Well, I I have heard reports. I think when I was talking to L.A. Marzulu one day, he talked about if you'll remember some of the research he did on the cone heads, as he called them. Uh, yeah. You know the upright uh, heads that that were just uh, part of the the torso. It's not. It, it's almost like they didn't have a neck at all. And these and these were the ones he found up in Chile and Peru, and dug up the skulls. You know in those regions and. Uh, and oddly enough, some of the uh, work he did, he, actually Richard helped him, Richard Shaw, for, you know, of course he's gone now. But uh, when they did the research, they had some uh, DNA that they had drilled out of those uh, skulls uh, that had hair. And uh, mm-hmm. they had it checked, and it, and it was, it was uh, not completely human. It, it appears there's some type of hybrid creatures. Well, of course, that would go along with uh, the Bible. You know, they were intermixing, and great confusion arose, which is what we're doing now. Remember uh, all these guys and, and their, you know, the, the COVID shot, the mRNA, CRISPR operation. They inject it, and uh, it changes your DNA and takes out part of your human DNA and inserts a a uh, unnatural, we could put it that way, artificial DNA. Have, have you ever thought that that maybe you know when they start messing with the DNA? Um, yes. You know, in uh, Revelation it talks about this the uh, locust sting or this flying scorpion, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And men will will men will you know seek death but cannot find it. It almost almost makes you wonder if that's what they're putting in, you know, the people that take these things. Is their DNA getting adjusted to that point where someday that scenario is set up? I mean, it just, uh, when you start, and, you know, now not only can they alter your DNA, they can precision alter DNA. You know, yeah. they have these things, uh, these little uh, 
bridges and things they can remove and put another one in and you know give you designer dna i guess it's lack lack of a better term that would um i would use that it's i just think we're really messing around where we shouldn't be messing around yeah i think they've done it uh with soldiers uh you probably all heard uh, the super soldiers and cause several movies have been made about that who was it that played in those? Uh, Kirk Russell played in one, I think. Who? Kirk Who Russell was in one yes. with Dolph Rungan. Yep, that's right. And I wonder how much of that is based on actual fact. They're much further along than we even realize. And they have been looking for super soldiers for a long, long time. In fact, I read an article about... Uh, over in Russia, they were trying to develop super soldiers, uh, super strength and whatnot. So it's, I want to get into this. You mentioned skinwalkers, the dogmen. Um, somebody sent me a whole raft on, uh, on Bigfoot. So I, would, I want to read it, and you guys can comment on it. The Bigfoot creatures with the dog face head have had significant interactions over time with the Navajo, uh, Apache, Hopi, North American Indian tribes. All these tribes have stories and legends about the furry dog face shape-shifting evil ones. Uh, the literal English translation of what they call it, and I can't pronounce it, was skinwalker. They were called skinwalkers by the Indians because they were furry-like animals, wolves, bears, and dogs walking upright and walked with a crouched-over walk of the Bigfoot group of entities. Then it says the skinwalkers are also known to vanish and then reappear at different locations clearly using either Stargate technology or cloaking technology to vanish or move and then reappear again uh, somewhere else. In the North American Indian stories, is the consistent reporting of skinwalkers cursing and killing and eating people. Another interesting thing that the Indians will tell you that a female witch may or may not be a skinwalker. But, is a, but it was guaranteed that a skinwalker was, in fact, everything a witch was able to do, but much more evil. Now, in your research, have you run into any of this, John? Yes, sir, I have, I have run, run into a little bit of it. Now, I can tell you there's, uh, and, and please don't take this as gospel, because I don't, um, when I run into First Nations people or get a chance to talk to them and ask them about these things, some of these things some of them won't talk about. Um, they just don't want to. They, they believe talking about them will, you know, bring one to them. Um, yeah, I heard about that. So I've, uh, yeah, like Dogman, I've asked a few people about it, and nobody wants to talk about it. So, um, really? Yeah, so... Well, the the one the people I've approached about it, so, um, and I try to be, you know, I want to be as careful as I can because, 
you know, I'm living in the Choctaw Nation, their nation. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to come in and be the, you know, the ugly white guy that doesn't respect, you know, their their privacy or anything like that. So I don't hit on those too hard. And and in reference to the uh, the Skinwalker, um, have you guys ever seen the uh, video about the Navajo Rangers? Yes. They're yeah. a police force in the Navajo Nation, and they talk about Skinwalkers in there. As a matter of fact, talk about it. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, as a matter of fact, before they begin their session on the Skinwalkers, they say, you know, we know there's some tribal members in here. If you don't feel comfortable with this, you know, you can we'll we'll give you time to walk out, and we'll let you know when we're done on this topic. Yes. You know, because there's some First Nations people that they don't want to discuss that would be around it. One thing I, I remember um, on the on how they described the skinwalkers with the Navajo is that they're almost like a possessed human, possessed with an evil spirit. And you have to, I think, I remember them saying you have to want to be a skinwalker, seek that, seek that life or that destiny out. And if uh, if you are a skinwalker and somebody knows who you are, I think they said it was something like two to three days. If that person comes to your door and says your name and says, I know you're a skinwalker, the skinwalker dies. So, um, yeah, that's some interesting stuff, but um, it's hard to uh, get firsthand accounts or get a good opinion on some of this stuff, you know, because, you know, I sure don't want to step on somebody's toes or, you know, inadvertently be insulting. So I, I kind of just... Anything I pick up on that stuff is usually from from Anglo's. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I understand that. I mean, they. Uh, I know they fear that if you talk about it, you're attracting one to you. Right. And uh, you know that's uh, there's got to be a bunch of truth to all this. I think they're dealing with evil spirits, shape shifting spirits. I know a lot of people don't believe in shapeshifters, but it's, uh, shapeshifting is not anything new in these creatures. Angels can shapeshift uh, into about anything they want. God obviously can shapeshift. In fact, the book of the Corinthians right. says that the destroyer, they call the destroyer God himself. Even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation. Even the Lord is is a very interesting verse. So does the Lord take on the shape of the destroyer? Now, I know a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes, but uh, we're dealing in the paranormal, folks, and the paranormal is going to start to become more normal. That's why I well, uh, call you... it night shadows. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you mentioned earlier about how um, I think you said it was Navajo that were saying the old creatures will return. Well, um, you know, I, I've heard Steve Quell, you know, when he's reading from Revelation, said, you know, that says it too. It says things will come up on the earth that, that will stop the hearts of men. Men will be so fearful their hearts stop. So, yeah, there's no telling what we're going to see walking the earth. <laughs> It's funny how you say people are probably rolling their eyes. I think about what I read and study and write nowadays, and sometimes I think, man, six years ago, I wouldn't even touch this stuff. <laughs> and yeah. I'm constantly trying to 
study it or find something new out so I could continue my writing with it. But, yeah, I can remember Rolling Eyes. <laughs> Larry? You know, Stuart, I was, I, I, you know, you talk about things coming back and things happening again. You know, I know I have had a dream and you've had a dream about a similar circumstance. And I don't know, maybe I ate too many spinach enchiladas, and I don't know what you had for supper. But anyway, you know, I had this strange dream years ago, and I can't forget it because I was running and hiding from a giant. And this thing was seeking me, and it was really tall, and I was hiding behind buildings, and and some of the buildings were torn down, and it it was extremely vivid. It was a vivid dream, and... And I really remember I was trying to hide from this creature, this this Nephilim or whatever it was. You had something similar yourself, didn't you? Yep, almost identical in that sense, that this thing was as tall as the trees, and it was chasing me, and I was trying to hide because I knew if I didn't, I was going to get eaten alive <laughs> because I don't know if anybody saw the movie uh what was it, Jack and the Beanstalk or something like that? It was a movie. Uh, yeah. Jack the Giant Killer. Well, the giants in that were pretty accurate as to how big they were. And their continents. Says it was just fearsome sight to watch. So maybe I just had some bean soup or something. But it, it, was, not, it was not a fun thing to watch and or, or run from. And they're very intelligent, actually. Well, my my nightmare pale my nightmare pales to you guys. So <laughs> I remember as a little boy, I always had this nightmare. There was a bull, and he was on two legs, walked like a man, and he had on white mm-hmm. pajamas with purple polka dots, and that thing would chase me all through the house. <laughs> I probably had that dream four or five times as a little boy. I never understood why. <laughs> well, if you see one on your front door, you'll know why you had that dream. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things, Stuart, I brought up earlier talking about Isaiah and talking about uh, that information, uh, I was on the show today with, uh, or actually Tuesday, with Augusto Perez, and he said something was kind of interesting. It was an interesting thought. You know, he said that uh, it talks about the living creatures and and how the living creatures had, remember, they had, it had four faces? Yes. But, and, and now whether these are the faces of creation, I don't know, but he said, isn't it odd that of the four faces of creation that that creature had, not one was of a reptile? Yes. Yeah. And yet, science has already proved we do have a reptilian section in our brain. Isn't that interesting? And you can actually grow a tail. Some people have, in fact, grown what appears to be a tail coming out. So where did we come from? Who uh, did, did we get modified in some way when, when uh, Adam and Eve were created? Uh, it's very, very interesting. Or is it just a deception, part of the overall deception that God has cast down upon the earth for people who don't believe any of this? We don't really know. Uh, but there's a, so much going on in the uh, land of uh, paranormal that people just do not want to believe in. They can't 
expand their minds. Larry, in your travels as a police officer, did you ever run into anything like uh, reports of some creature, like a skinwalker? Oh yeah, there, there was. A, I worked in Northeast Texas and Southeast Oklahoma, both, and and I actually wound up working a number of cases of uh, of uh, you know cattle mutilations and animal mutilations uh, where it's something cut out of them and uh, removed by something so sharp it almost had to be a laser. Uh, but you know, we know you, you. The thing was, Stuart, and and you know how it goes. Law enforcement doesn't want to deal with this, and they don't want the stigma of even saying that it might be something paranormal going on, and they have to investigate it. So they shy away from all the information, dovetail all the reports. So when you really go around, unless someone will really talk to you, like uh, John said, uh, basically they completely ignore the whole thing. Well, it's sort of like, the finding of uh, underground caves where you've got giant axes, giant hammers. I mean, they're huge. Uh, a normal human well, being could never pick them up. Well, it's the most classic. The most classic one that I have ever found is the the walls around this uh, these buildings that are buried. In an area of uh, it's around it's between Greenville and Dallas, Texas. It's called Rockwall. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, Rockwall. Rock that's where it is. Rockwall, and that's named after a huge rock wall. And they say, and L.A. Marzulli tried to go down there and investigate it, and he could get zero help. Nobody would help him, and it seemed like he said the paranormal was even fighting for him to find evidence. But they talk about uh, huge giant beds. Uh, you know, axes or swords or something that was found down in there too, and and guess what? They ran a, uh, I think it's I thirty five. That may not be the one. Is that the one? I thirty. John. I thirty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They went right over it to cover it up. <laughs> yeah. Larry, well, if you ever, if you're ever there, um, in fact, um, one of my sons lives in Rockwall, just outside. And where I moved here from wasn't too far away. If you're ever there, if you go to the old courthouse in Rockwall, there's a sample of that wall they dug up and they have on display there in front of the old courthouse. And it's pretty interesting. Well, and I don't see that. how anybody can say it's a natural formation because <laughs> it's like there's a mortar in between the rocks. So I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Well, well. Let, let me bring this up real quick. Uh, Stuart, you remember photographs I sent you a few years yes, ago I when I was over in Mena, Arkansas, showing yep. walls they were digging up out of the side of Rich Mountain from from the, a depth, and it was literally some kind of concrete or mortar poured into this strange formation, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. And I don't know how well, I'm people glad. Yeah, go ahead, John. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump on you, Stuart. I was just thinking, um, I'm glad you brought up Mina, Larry, because I'm going there Saturday and going to be over there over the night Saturday or Sunday. Going there Sunday, going to be out there all night Sunday at um, Brand, what, Brand Camp Crystal Mine. Board Camp. And suppo- board Camp, there you go. And supposedly they have uh, 
regularly have UFO sightings, orbs, even Bigfoot, levitating rocks, you know, all the comforts of home. So <laughs> I'm going to go out there and be taking a peek all, all Sunday night, this Sunday, and uh, see if anything shakes up while I'm there. Well, I'll tell you what, the funny thing about it, and, and when I was at MENA, uh, that's the one place, Stuart, I took a photograph that went three-dimensional, and yep. you've seen the picture. I've still got yep. it. The the uh, I assume it was the NSA stole it from my computer, remember, at one time, but I got it back anyway. And and uh, this is at MENA, around that rich mountain, and probably some people that live in that area is listening to this show, uh, it is well known for the paranormal. I've drove by board camp, and that it's a it's a really strange area, but uh, there is a lot of uh, paranormal activity goes on all the time in that region. Well, didn't you have a friend, Larry, that you told not to go to this certain area around Mina because it was dangerous? No. And he, where was that? That remember that was Hevener, and I'll tell the yeah. quick story here because. He passed away about two two years ago. He was a parole officer from uh, Louisiana, and mm-hmm. he came up and visited with me, and I told him, you know, this is after I told the story about uh, Jeff and Ina, and you were them, and, and what they saw and heard when I did what I did at that at Evener, at the Runestone. And anyway, well, he wanted to go look for himself, so he came up there and uh stopped by that place and he said when he was walking around in in the runestone area that something he couldn't see he said it was invisible he heard it walking he heard it around him and it throwed him completely to the ground and let him get back up and then started coming at him again he couldn't see it but he could hear it and he ran he got in his truck and he he left and went a number of miles he was going to try to go up into arkansas but uh he actually met me later at a uh, a uh, restaurant in uh, Mena and told me the story and said that thing followed him for miles. And, you know, I had warned him if he goes there to really pray before he does that because it, it's like uh, it's kind of like John said. Sometimes when you get involved in this divination or whatever's going on, it draws those spirits. Mm-hmm. And I remember the story about you prayed up there about shutting that yeah. whole thing down. And I remember Ina, tell, Ina telling us about how they could hear the spirits flying overhead. Remember that? I remember yeah, that I story. Yeah. Yeah. I, that What was strange, Stuart, uh, Ina and, and Jeff did not know I was up there doing that. It was a connection to you of both of us that got us together on that story, because that happened on a certain day, and that it happened the sa- exact same time that I was up there anointing and praying. That was when these things crossed the sky. And if you remember, Ina said one of the spirits they could see them in the sky a little bit, and one of them she said looked uh, Persian. Yep. Well, you know, when we went into Iraq, what did we pick up? King Prince of Persia, Persia, probably. Prince of Persia. Are you talking about Gilgamesh? Well, the, no, the, the, uh, the one in Daniel, the book of Daniel. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I was just wondering because I've heard rumors that um, we, 
we've got we recovered Gilgamesh's bed and maybe even um, some of his uh, remains in Iraq while we were there. Well, I so, wouldn't doubt it, and I think they're trying to produce giants themselves. They uh, they went over there for for ancient high technology. It sounds weird to talk about ancient high technology. Their technology was even greater than ours. Yeah, let me say this real quick, uh, John, and I'll say it this way where nobody will know. Uh, we're just hinting. This is just a hint. For people that are not aware, when that Gulf War occurred, uh, certain forces went into the ziggurat, the old ancient ziggurat, the destruction of it, and went down below it and dug information. And we got a lot of tips on this. That it was going. I even got photographs people sent me. But recently, and I won't say who and I won't say where, but John and myself talked to someone that was in the region when this went down, and we were given a lot more information on what happened there. But there's a lot of stuff, technology included, books, all kind of stuff, ancient stuff that was dug up from under that ziggurat and hauled off somewhere else. Yeah, it kind of reminds yeah. you of, of the movie uh, where they, at the end of the movie, they they take the Ark of the Covenant and they put it in a huge government warehouse where nobody would ever find it again. <laughs> but that's what they do. They my, have stuff. Yeah, go ahead, John. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, my my eldest son, I lost him a couple of years ago, but um, my two oldest boys both fought in Iraq, and Travis was there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And when they were going into to Crete, they kind of pushed in so far. They were kind of, I guess it was a downtown area. And so they kind of just stopped and we're going to regroup and move further the next day for whatever reason. Well, Travis, my son and a couple of other soldiers, they got put in this corner building. It was right in an intersection. And, uh, you know, they just said, don't let anybody come down this road, you know, because the rest of the unit was back mm-hmm. behind them a bit. And they were just supposed to secure that intersection for the night. <clears throat> and he said all night long they were just nervous. And he goes, it wasn't nervous like combat nervous, you know. He said it was something else. He said you could feel evil. He said it was the weirdest thing, and that was the only time it ever happened to him over there. And he'd already, you know, um, seen action. So he'd been under fire, and he said it wasn't that. It was something completely different. So just before sun came up, they got relieved, and an officer came in and some other soldiers <laughs> And they started looking around. They kicked this rug out of the way, and there was a trap door. And when they went down that trap door, there was a whole torture chamber below that oh below that building, down in like a bunker. And, and you know, he, he said it was the whole nine yards. You know, the metal bed springs with car batteries, and mm-hmm. you know, just wicked wicked instruments to torture people with. So <clears throat> I'm wondering if that's what that was the vibe they were getting that night, but. Well, and Larry, talking about uh, talking about Hevener, I was there in December. I was working in the area, and I'd finished, and I was on call. I didn't have any more service calls, so I just stayed in the area in case something popped up. And I decided to go down and check out the runestones. The runestone it was it was closed, but you know I was still able to walk down the trail and get down there. And uh, 
you know, it was pretty and I checked out the runestones and when I came back out, uh, you know, everything was fine. Nothing weird happened or anything. I didn't feel uneasy. But then a couple of weeks later, I'm looking on, on Facebook and uh, this group of people were there and they started getting rocks thrown at them. And I think it was a Saturday and there was a game warden there too. And he actually, that hill, like if you're looking at the runestones face on, that hill behind them, the guy saw Sasquatch up there. The, the park well, ranger that, did. So that's that's not shocking. And the reason is, I'll say this, and I've told you the story, Stuart, uh, that up on top of the hill he's describing, way up on top is a portal area. Yes. Yep. I remember that. Uh, there are Bigfoot sightings up here in Wisconsin. We have a lot of paranormal. More of it is uh, Wolfman, or what? They call uh, dogman. Yeah, whatever you want to call them. Uh, yeah, and encounters that people have had with them, and uh, there's a there's a movie out on it. Actually, it's not the best made movie, but I think they were just trying to tell people, look out because there are some areas in Wisconsin that are paranormal. And, and, well, you know, uh, I remember. When I was researching for the first book, um, I came across Dogman, and I'm like, what is this? You know, I was having a hard enough time thinking about Bigfoot. (laughs) All of a sudden, there's Dogman, there's this man, there's that man. (laughs) But then, you you know, as I started looking back in the Book of Enoch and and the Old Testament, and, you know, those, those fallen angels, they didn't just... They didn't just take human women. You know, they defiled everything they could. You know, they were trying to destroy God's creation. And I have to wonder now, some of those uh, mythological creatures like satyrs or, you know, the horse with the man's torso above the four legs. And, you know, is that maybe those things really were. Maybe that's a product of, 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 you know, the fallen just messing up God's creations. Yeah, I, I believe those uh, Greek mythology is what they call it, like the Cyclops. Uh, I believe right. that's all true. Uh, they were fooling with DNA. And what did Jesus say? As it was back in those days, so will it be again. What are we doing? Fooling we're fooling with DNA. With DNA. <laughs> exactly. It, it just, it's a cycle is what it is. And Well, uh, you know, and go ahead. that was one of the things that helped me you know, with, with, with finding my faith, because, you know, I had the, I always had the generic outlook. A lot of non-believers have, well, well, if God's so loving, why'd he flood the earth? You know, because people were sinning when people were sinning just as bad, even worse now. Um, why did he, you know, if he's a loving God, where's the forgiveness when he orders Caleb and Joshua to wipe out whole tribes, man, woman, child, even the animals. I didn't realize that the DNA was tainted, and that was one of the issues. You know, that was one of the issues for the flood. You could not bring a Messiah. You could not bring a Redeemer if the whole human race was running around with fallen angel DNA coming through their veins. So, yeah, then the light started coming on. Things started making more sense to me. Yeah, the more you study that sort of thing, they do start to make more sense. I mean, he could only redeem Homo sapien, and right. that's why Satan was trying to corrupt it. That would stop any redemption. 
that's why Noah was perfect in all his generations. It's not it, it he was a moral, ex ethical, upright man. I'm not saying that. That's not what the Bible's talking about. It's talking about his DNA was still exactly human, double helix DNA and it hadn't been corrupted. So uh, yeah, it is and then, and and that's why there's such such attention paid to genealogy and numbers and you know in the book of numbers yes. and yeah it, it it all makes sense now <laughs> but before i made that connection you know i was still just well i don't know about all this and then as soon as i figured that part out it was just like the floodgates opened yep yep um i don't know it's it's uh the bible commands that we study to show ourselves approved and uh, there's a reason for it, so that you can connect all the dots, because it proves itself, and that Jesus comes along and absolutely proves it. But uh, it, right. it's just amazing. Uh, I, on our last show, Larry, I was talking about Schwab, Klaus Schwab, and I did a little research on him, and I want to get into the UFO Antarctica and all that stuff, which you're talking about, too. John, Charles Schwab is a founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, which began in 1971. It's WEF. If you see that, that's the World Economic Forum. He was a Global Economy Prize um, in 1928 in the category of politics. This guy is extremely powerful. Keep your eyes on Klaus Schwab. Uh, the World Economic Forum is an international organization headquartered in Geneva, Switzerland. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that where CERN is? Exactly. Right. Yes. Uh, there's a reason for that. Anyway, headquartered in Geneva, that brings together its membership of political and business leaders each year to discuss major issues that impact the global economy. This guy is worth... And according to what I can find out in 2022, $12.5 billion. He was also knighted by Queen Elizabeth II, uh, the commander of the Order of St. Michael. I thought that was interesting in view of uh, La Palma and St. George. Uh, WEF has a long-standing relationship with the United Nations. Uh, so there you go. That's where all this is anyway. I wanted to scroll down because he is the one now telling the global leaders that the time has now come to surrender to world governance. And uh, then I started to really dig into him and found an article on all his ties to the Nazis and the Third Reich and Schwabenland, Schwabenland, where they say that Hitler went. Now, a lot of people say that was just phony and never happened, blah, blah, blah. But if it never happened, my question is very uh, – German UFO literature – very often conforms largely to the documented history on the following points. Nazi Germany claimed the territory of New Schwabia and Antarctica and sent an expedition there in 1938 and planned many others. 
Nazi Germany conducted research into advanced propulsion technology, including rocketry. Um, then Victor Schwanberger's engine research, flying wing craft, where we got our um, B-2 bomber stuff from, and uh, some UFO sightings during World War II. Now, this is interesting because most people would say there's nothing there at all. It's all just foolishness. But if that's true, why has the military all but taken over Antarctica? Now, with military insiders telling us of what they have seen and have been told to silence, uh, Linda Moulton Howe, again, has done a, a tremendous job in a DVD documentary concerning secret alien bases. Now, you may remember Admiral Byrd and Operation High Jump. I have some pictures from that where it clearly shows a German Heinebu-type craft. And, of course, as everybody knows, Byrd came back and uh, had a few things to say, uh, which were obviously deleted much later. But pictures of these craft remain unexplained. You may all remember the movie Alien versus Predator. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And where did that take place? Under the ice in Antarctica. So that's very, very interesting. I think they're telling people. Uh, Linda Moulton Howe claims that she was told by military servicemen that there's a huge alien-type structures underneath the ice down there and they have all kinds of like rune stone writings all over the place and these these uh walls light up the interior without any means of lighting kind of like what you saw in uh, your journeys larry and i got a picture of the light coming out of a tunnel on mars it's lit up but there are no lights, light bulbs, or anything like that. Right, Stuart. If you, uh, I don't know if you heard this one. She's there's a link. I, if you haven't heard this story, I'll send it to you. Where Linda Moulton Howe, um, she interviews a, a retired uh, Navy C-130 flight engineer, and some things that happened to him while he was down at the South Pole. Him and his crew. Did did you ever hear those stories? I think I heard the one about they flew over an area they weren't supposed to fly over, and were yeah. more or less told to shut up. And they also well, the thing of it is, yeah. Did you re hear about the uh, scientists they picked up? Yes. Yeah, that's just that's some right? strange stuff. Yeah, they yeah, disappeared. Well, as far as I remember, they disappeared. They weren't checking in on the radios. They weren't answering the radios. And so they were ordered to go get them. And when they got there, there was no, usually, you know, when a plane flies over and these guys have been out there 10 days or two weeks, you know, they, they're ready for, you know, they're ready for resupply that, you know, they're ready for mail. They're ready for fresh food. You know, they're all standing outside, you know, waiting on the aircraft. They had to go get these people. And I think it was something like a six hour flight from the area they were in back to the base there Yeah, it was a long in Antarctica. Time. Yeah, and these people didn't speak. They all sat with their heads down. They couldn't. They wouldn't talk. They wouldn't make eye contact. 
Um, it's a strange story. Yeah, I wish I, I would have listened to it more recently so I could tell the story better. But uh, anybody interested in that, just look up, you know, do a Google for Linda Moulton Howe and uh, her Antarctica um, studies, and it'll come up. Also, I'm sure you guys heard about Buzz Aldrin down there, haven't you? Well, I know Buzz Aldrin and a whole bunch of them went down. Uh, I think that had to do with the, what was that about, Larry? Um, I'm just trying that to remember. Was, that that supposedly was when they were taking even Creel from Russia and the Pope and all these others. They were all going down there. They they had found something and they, they were all rushing to Antarctica to be uh, read in on it. I guess. Yes. Yeah, and and uh, Buzz Aldrin tweeted something about I, I've just seen pure evil down here, and then he had uh, I don't know if it was a stroke or a heart attack or something. And they had to medically get him out of Antarctica, and then somebody came along and cleaned up his tweet from Twitter. But he'd actually made that tweet about seeing um, evil, you know, in, in Antarctica. So. Yeah. And he even, I think he even said something about mankind, you know, we're doomed if we don't do something or I don't know. But uh, I always thought that was pretty interesting. Well, and basically the Bible says that humanity is doomed. and uh, But there's a great delusion coming just before, and I think it's already begun. And that the arrival of the uh, so-called uh, saviors of humanity, maybe even our creators, come and uh, tell us that the Bible is worthless trash, basically. And that's in uh, Native America, uh, shaman lady called Noise. And she says the aliens are actually going to show us absolute proof. In other words, they're going to have all the documentation and everything to prove. I wonder. Yeah, go ahead, Larry. Well, I'm wondering if we're, if, we're suddenly digging this stuff up. I, I, I know we only got 10 minutes, well, less now, but I wanted to bring this up because Michael uh, Barry Rothman had just posted one, a new uh, commentary and a code. On, it says, Sala on ET aspects of the Ukraine war, 429-2022. And uh, anyway, you can go to his uh, website and find this, but this is mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, he says... Uh, the not, you know, he, I told you he did the article about the Nazi role in the Ukraine war, which tied in the Reich and Antarctica and, and the infiltration mm-hmm. of the, the the infiltration of the Reich around the world, actually. But here's a comment he said in this new article he's got. He says, finally, there is also evidence that a space ark with incredibly advanced ancient technologies has been found in southern Ukraine in the Kherson oblast as several sources have stated indeed kherson is the first ukrainian city taken by the russian military this addition of a space arc that nato sought to control only worsened the already dangerous situation in ukraine now this is a really really long article people are to go there and read it um uh, matter of fact he said uh uh this project started with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It did not seem rational in any logically oriented sense of the word. 
Ukraine was not threatening Russia, and the invasion cost Russia an enormous amount in terms of international prestige, its economy, and even its concern about NATO, a defense alliance that previously was struggling for a reason to exist. Quite a few people have even questioned if President Putin is mentally stable. But uh, everything's confusing about this war. And he says, uh, interestingly, he says uh, there's a remote viewing project showed the danger of world leaders being covertly influenced via neutral, uh, I'm sorry, neural engagement by manipulative extraterrestrials who operate behind the scenes. And uh, that's some of the data that's pouring in. But you, anybody can go read this article on Barry Rothman's site, and it's really, really long. And it, it just says that this thing with Ukraine is a whole lot bigger than we know. You know, um, I find it funny that, you know, we're, we're all wrapped up in the Ukraine thing. <laughs> and Biden's son and his files are being investigated by Congress. And a lot of a lot of his money and a lot of the thing you know the the crime activity is centered around U- Ukraine, and now his dad, the big guy, wants to send thirty three and a half billion dollars to the Ukraine. Is it to help the Ukrainians or is it to hide something? You know, I I'd really like to know. Yeah. Well, well here's what he says as the last. I'll just read it real quick. The end of secrecy means disclosure, spilling the beans, so to speak. This is Barry Rothman writing. This is all that matters, disclosure. What human leadership needs to understand is that what has been happening to Vladimir Putin and his inner circle is likely happening in various ways to all important human leadership. That that is all human leaders, including all presidents and prime ministers, are not safe from manipulation. No one is safe. I agree that full disclosure is vital to end extraterrestrials manipulating world leaders through neural engagement, contriving unnecessary wars, imposing exploitative agreements, and keeping secrecy systems in place for decades to come. And, and he goes on and on, but this is a really good article that he's wrote if people get the chance to read it. Yeah, it is. It's amazing how the uh, fallen angels have influenced humanity now for centuries and uh, they don't want people to understand the bible uh one of the first things that happens is that the demons come along when a person gets serious about studying scripture the demons come along and snatch the word uh, out of uh, the person's mind and they they just don't understand what they're reading that's why the bible says dig in don't be uh, you know don't be upset because you don't understand it all at once. It takes a long time to put together all the pieces of Scripture to get the true picture of what's going on. And, of course, modern Christianity is worthless, basically, for that activity. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing as we're watching all of this activity go on. UFOs are showing up more and more and more. And uh, particularly in Israel, and every time you have a flap of UFO activity, generally that means something is going on in Israel. Uh, Larry, you've been kind of following Bennett and the collapse of his government, and I, I guess Iran is 
told Israel, you so much as flex a muscle in our direction, and we're going to go to war. Have you heard any more about Bennett and his uh, activities down there? No, he's got kind of quiet while Netanyahu seems to be coming back on the scene a little bit. So basically, even though they've got a government with Bennett supposedly in charge, uh, there's a lot of confusion inside Israel, and it makes, uh, at the time, Iran a very dangerous adversary. And uh, the latest I saw from information from the Pentagon, it was released, I think, through a couple of uh, the uh, Times of Israel, indicates that there's only a couple or three more weeks and Iran will be a nuclear nation. Yeah, and it makes you wonder whether they're going to strike first to Netanyahu. That's what he's wanted to do right along neutralize them before they do get a hold of a uh, nuclear weapon. Anyway, John, what's your last comments to our audience? This has been a very interesting show. Uh, folks, this paranormal stuff is real. It's, it's not hocus pocus. And a day is very soon coming when you're all going to be seeing weird, weird things that you never dreamed possible. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think it's just, um, I think it's ramping up. I think it's going to continue to ramp up as we, uh, you know, close. I mean, we we have no idea when the day is, and and we don't know God's timetable, but things are, are ramping up drastically. I mean, when you've got the Pentagon releasing a video of UFOs when, you know, ever since 1947, Anything to do with UFOs was a joke. Yeah. So, yeah, we're we're heading somewhere, and um, all roads lead that it's biblical in my in my perspective, anyway. Yeah, yeah, we're coming up on something very drastic, changing. Larry, last words. Well, I would just tell people keep the faith, and there's another thing too, really interesting. Last word is that look at the around the Pleiades in the evenings. Uh, you'll see what appears to be a comet it, with a two, th- two million mile kilometer tail, and it's really Mercury that has been energized by the sun. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they say Venus even has a tail, but you, you have to be at special conditions in order to see it. And uh, I know some people think that, or scientists think that Venus actually was a comet that was captured by the solar system gravitational forces. Who knows? We do know that havoc was the order of the day back then. Anyway, thanks a lot, John, for coming on. Thanks a lot, Larry, for coming on as well. And uh, very interesting. We should do more on the paranormal because it's going to become normal. And that's why I named the show like I did. Anyway, thanks a lot, everyone. Well, thank you. Yep, thanks a lot, John. Larry? Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.